the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the best of investing on 860 AM, The Answer. The show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial markets, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing, Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack tanning certificate giveaway during the show. That certificate's not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. Today's trivia theme, miscellaneous trivia. Now, today, this is the first time we've ever done this before, but uh, last week we had Rob Napolitano on of Grit Partners, and it was so much fun and there was so much to cover that we only covered about half. So we're going to have, we're having them back on. Uh, welcome, Rob, to The Best of Investing. Edward, thanks for having me back again. It was a lot of fun last week, so I'm glad we were able to do this again. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's terrific. And, and, and uh, for those for the audience who who, uh, who who didn't listen in last week, uh, we're going to go. I'm going to go ahead and read your your bio here again. So, the, first of all, the title of this uh, show is "How to Profit in a Downturn Economy and Protect Your Family's Future." Uh, Rob Napolitano is uh, topping Goliaths and stewarding people through the biggest wealth transfer in history during the Great Recession. Rob filed for bankruptcy, battling two behemoth banking institutions and came out of bankruptcy with a higher net worth than when he went in. He went on to law school, uh, learned the inefficiencies of the system and how it worked. After gaining a full understanding of how the financial system works, he and Grit Partners are now helping people grow their wealth and stay protected during this distressed economy. Uh, Grit Partners harness a non-traditional approach for accredited and qualified investors with something different. A private investment firm tried, tried, tied, excuse me, to some of the largest and most trustworthy institutions in the industry, providing unmatched access to distressed financial opportunities in real estate, private lending, and life settlements, not generally obtained by the the general public. Um, Yeah, we were talking, I remember last time we were talking a little bit about this life settlements. Um, They they used to call them biatical settlements, but that, that may be a little different, right? Um, it's, in the end, it's, it ended up being the same thing. The viaticals had a, had a connotation, a negative connotation, uh, many years ago, because what was happening, uh, like in any business or investment atmosphere, there's always some nefarious players doing some, yeah. some things that aren't so nice. And so what was happening, and this happened in real estate investing and, 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 and in banking as well, was 
straw buyers, right? Where someone wants to get a loan in somebody else's name and, or didn't yeah. qualify or, Hey, you know, you mind taking my five bucks and going inside and buying me, you know, a pack of beer. Uh, I'm not old enough to buy the beer, but you mind taking my money and going in, you know, this kind of stuff. And so viaticals was a similar type of practice where they would take out life insurance policies on other people, or they would take it out just so they could sell it right away and make some money on it. And so it was this practice of really not using or trying to usurp the purpose of uh, of life insurance. Well, yeah, because they're uh, usually they, you, know, you have to have a vested in. I, I've had my life insurance uh, uh, license since 1984, so I remember uh, you know you have to have a vested interest. And I think that right. came out. I think it was. If I'm not mistaken. In the 60s or 70s, uh, unscrupulous insurance guys were getting bums off the street. Like I said, here's yeah. five bucks. Sign this. <laughs> they got a life insurance policy out on you. You know, and it's it's it, you know you bring up a great point. It's about having a vested interest, and it's and that's and that's the bottom line. You have to have a vested interest in these things. Um, you know, so when I went through uh, my bankruptcy and started opening up all these mortgage-backed securities and how these banks were doing all this, it was interesting because what I found was this thing called a credit default swap, yeah. where it you know the the the, the the investment bankers would take out this credit default swap, which essentially acted like an insurance policy. Yeah. And I remember the arguments that would go back and forth. And here's a great way that I heard one senator describe it. Um, and he said, and take this story. He goes, the story is if let's say you wanted to ship some valuable goods across the seas and you pay the shipping company, you pay and all that stuff yeah. to go across and uh, you take an insurance policy out on making sure that it makes its voyage, uh-huh. right? And so it makes its voyage. But what happens when you call your cousin who owns, you know, his own little fleet with a nice big cannon on there and go and sink the ship, and now you're forcing the ship to go to the bottom and you collect on the insurance? Well, that's what happened with the subprime crisis where these bankers were insuring all these loans, but uh-huh. then made sure that people could pay back these loans just so they could trigger the insurance because they were getting paid more money on the insurance trade than actually getting paid back their actual money on the loans. Well, we're going to cut to a break. When we come back, I do want to uh, talk about a little bit about the credit default swaps because uh, I, I was involved with it as a borrower and it wasn't the worst thing in the world because I, I, I had to finally kind of understand and we'll explain to the audience uh, that because it's, kind of, it's kind of an interesting story. Um, I try to make things complicated subjects really simple. All right, we're going to yeah. cut to our first commercial break. Uh, here is our first trivia question. Uh, and again, if you just as a reminder, Rob, if you know the answer, don't say anything yet. In what country did the first Starbucks open outside of North America? That's our trivia question. 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer was that tanning certificate, which is worth over $100. Stay with us. The Bust of Investing will be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on 860 AM. The answer. Now, back to the best of investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM. The answer. 
Welcome back to the Best of Investing. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my special guest for two weeks in a row, Rob Napolitano. Our, our first trivia question was, in what country did the first Starbucks open outside of North America? Any answer? Any idea? No? I want to say, so. I want, I, I'm going to take a... A think, wild guess. Say it was somewhere in South America. Had to be. One would think, but no. Actually, it was Japan. Oh, really? Because yeah, the other options. I know the big tea drinkers. Yeah, the coffee drinkers. Yeah. Whatever. Um, hey, may, want to make a mention here for SF Bay Adventures. Uh, how would you like to sail across the bay uh, in San Francisco? Uh, they have uh, the Free to Be Schooner. Uh, it's very kind of an interesting. Uh, not, it's not not a big cruise ship. It's uh, more of a sailboat. Uh, check them out. SFBayAdventures.com. All right. So we were talking just before the break about these credit default swaps. And I remember back in, I want to say 2008, something, something around those lines. Um, I was looking to, uh, you know, I, my, I had a, a loan on my, on my building. And my banker comes to me and he says, uh, Edward, I want to introduce you to uh, like someone in the credit department. He goes, I, I'm not familiar with this, so I'm going to sit in on the lunch. It'll be the three of us. And uh, we're, we're talking about uh, refinancing your, your building. And, and so he's, he's starting to explain to me, uh, you know, credit default swaps. But he's using terminology that's like really, really basic. And I remember looking to him and I said, listen, I, not to be disrespectful, but I said, we only have an hour for lunch. I said, you talk as sophisticated as you can. Of course, acronyms I may or may not know. And I said, and I'll stop you if I don't know anything, right? And, and so when he gets through this big chart and all this kind of stuff, I said, wait a minute, if I understand it correctly, effectively, uh, what will happen is if interest rates go down again and I refinance, I basically am going to have a big prepayment penalty. He goes, Mm, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> I said, okay, well, that, that, that makes sense. You know, I, I, I don't think rates are going to come down. But, and it's funny because uh, rates actually did come down even further because we all looked at the table and we said, we don't think rates are going to come down. Well, we were all wrong. Rates came down. And I, when I refinanced again, it cost me $200,000 to refinance. Wow. But I, I got a good rate and it stretched it out for another, you know, five sure. years or something. But, uh, but yeah, those are good. And, and and that's what these right. That's why I said it, to keep it simple. That's what some of these contracts are. They're just in it there to ensure against risk. And yeah. the risk of the interest rates coming down was 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 the risk at the point right there and then. Right. The the, the example that I used was the risk of the voyage going across the seas. Will your product make it across the seas? There's a risk, and that's all insurance does is insures and it's a bet. If you think. Yeah. What's going to happen is going to happen. You take the bet. If not, then you risk it. It's just it's just betting. Exactly. Um, whether you want to take that risk or not. Yeah. That's all Very it is. So um, let, let's talk a, a little bit about this. Um, you know, we in the introduction, uh, we were talking about how you, you know, you're providing unmatched access to distressed financial opportunities in real estate, uh, private lending. Yeah, uh, but talk about that. Um, what what are these unmatched access to distressed financial opportunities that you have? Well, it actually ties into what we were talking about with the insurance. You know, we we, we have access to um, uh, mortgage debt, as I understand you do as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one thing that we are doing that I'm not sure if you are or others are is that we are tying our um, assets to insurance policies as well, so that we are offloading the risk in investing in these uh, loans 
onto the insurance. So by tying the two together, we've created our own proprietary, for lack of a better term, our own proprietary credit default swap. We can hedge against some of the risk uh, in buying these loans, uh, and we can offer better performance uh, than most others out there because we're doing the life settlements along with it uh, and tying them together. Well, now life settlement though, you're talking life insurance, right? Yeah. So how, how would this work? Let's say, you know, let's take a look at it from the borrower standpoint and from the lender standpoint. Um, so I come to you and I say, I want to borrow, you know, a hundred, let me make it simple, a hundred thousand dollars and my property's worth 150. I mean, is that about the kind of ratios we're looking well, at? It would, it would it, look, it would be more for those that want to invest and put money to work at, on the lender okay. side. So those that want to participate in buying some of these loans at deep discounts can participate with their capital. And then we will have available the optionality to insure against loss of capital. Okay. So, okay. That, and I'm really, that part I'm really interested in. Um, we got about another 40 seconds before we have these times go very quickly. Um, so how do you, okay. So, so let's look at it strictly from the lender standpoint. Uh, I want to, or I want to invest a hundred thousand uh, dollars and are they one-off loans or is it in a fund? No, we do it through our funds. We do it through our fund. They're both, they're both funds and okay. we tie the two together. And so when you putting your money at risk in okay. these funds, it's the same as we talked about before, you can have the optionality to buy some protection against downside risk. Gotcha. Okay. Which is interesting because uh, their fireman's fund used to insure second mortgages uh, back in the seventies here when interest rates were really, really high. Uh, they got smoked because um, the person putting the stuff together, he was unscrupulous. Unfortunately, he ended up landing in the pokey, but uh, you know, unfortunately I think insurance companies threw the baby out with the bathwater on that. And yours is yep. probably a lot different. We're definitely going to talk more about this when we come back from our second break. Second trivia question. Where were the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights stored during World War II? Where were they stored? Call 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer wins the uh, tanning certificate. Ah, do you think you know this one? Okay, don't say anything yet. <clears throat> All right. All right. Stay with us. You're listening to The Best of Investing. Don't touch that down. We're going to be right back. You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. One more time, Edward Brown here along with Rob Napolitano. Second trivia question. During World War II, where were the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights? I assume these are the original documents they're talking about, because who cares if it's a copy, right? Uh, where were they stored during World War II, Rob? If, if, if memory serves me correctly, it was with the Biltmore family, and I believe it was in their estate in um, North Carolina. And, 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 That's not the answer I have. Now, maybe I'm wrong, um, but uh, Fort Knox. They're actually so, Fort Knox. I could be wrong, but as I as I as I went through the uh, Biltmore not too long ago, they tell that story of how really, and it may not have been, it may it may have been other 
valuable possessions of the president, maybe. Maybe. But I yeah. knew, but I knew there was something really of of value yeah. that the, the Biltmore family came and said, you know, we'll hold that until the war's over and we'll take care of it. Yeah. But I don't remember if it was those documents or if it was something else. So you could be right. Well, okay, we're gonna have to do, we'll have to do some research on that. Okay, so I, I want to get back to what we were talking about here. Oh, actually, we want to make a quick mention here. Palio Restaurant in San Francisco, they did some remodeling a few years ago. They were voted like best restaurant in San Francisco. And there's only like 3,000 restaurants in San Francisco. And that was voted by the locals. So you know it's got to be good. And I've been there before. It's fantastic food. Palio Restaurant. It's uh, pretty much very close to the heart of... Uh, downtown uh, financial district in san francisco check them out p-a-l-i-o palio restaurant okay um so going back to uh, i'm an investor i want to invest a hundred thousand dollars in your fund that uh, uh does mortgages and you are you buying discounted mortgages or are you we're buying or, discounted mortgages yeah okay and uh, so i wanted to make that clarification from before too yeah, we're please. not insuring the properties or the mortgage we're insuring investors capital no, that's that's more important because people are always going to get fire insurance and that sort of thing to protect the property. Right, right. Not okay. hazard insurance, not property insurance that we're doing. This is investor investor, uh, investor risk. Uh, yeah. Okay, so uh, what's the average loan to value? Uh, in very, I should say investment to value because you're buying it at a discount. So, so we're we're very rules based and how we built our portfolio. So our investment to value is we won't go up more than anything above 65 of, of, of BPO or appraisal. Or for, I'll, I'll use generic terms, of value of the property. Nothing, nothing above 65% of the value of the property we won't buy. Okay, is that the, and that, is that the unpaid principal balance or, or the unpaid principal might be higher, but you're buying it? Yes. Okay, so, okay gotcha. Right. So uh, make it simple. Uh, uh, $100,000 property might have a, an unpaid principal balance of 80000 but you're going to pay 65000 no more than 65000 for that. Okay. Of the 100. Gotcha. Right. Okay. Um, and if I invest $100,000, uh, with you know, obviously there's no guarantees on anything, but from the standpoint of what the rate, what what basically what can I expect? Uh, I assume a monthly check. So it depends, right? So we have different options for different investors depending on what they're trying to accomplish and what their goals are. Okay, we do have options for people to come in who want to get a monthly check. Um, their returns are going to be. Um, correlated to the um, the risk that they're taking because those are really going to be note holders and they're going to take less risk. And so their returns will be commiserate with that. But those that want to take more of a growth approach and more of an aggressive approach, we can put them in and profit sharing uh, mode and buying some of these uh, loans alongside with us as partners and they'll get bigger returns, uh, but appropriately taking more risk with us, which again is why they also have the optionality to insure some of that risk as well. Are, are these performing loans or non-performing? They're both. both. They're both. Okay. So, so the strategy is, so we break it down. Our strategy is, is, is simple. There's a probably about 30% of our business where we're trading yeah. in and out of loans, doing that. And then from that, we'll extract um, non-performing loans 
for the majority of what we will extract because we can also yeah. add on okay. actual properties, performing loans, commercial loans, gotcha. and things like that. And, and that's where the growth potential comes in because you may foreclose and get get a bonus. Right. Okay. So yeah. if if I invest a hundred thousand and I want to be you know a little old lady so to speak and get a monthly check, uh, what kind of distribution rate are we looking at? So I don't know that I would actually take that person on, but. Uh, because uh, honestly, I look at suitability. Oh, well, I, I just I use the term "little lady." Just yes, 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 yes. I definitely look at suitability there. Because <laughs> you have to be an accredited I mean, restaurant, sure. Yeah. Well, besides just being accredited, I mean, you got to understand that this. Let me back up a second. I want to. I want to go. I want to get to your answer, but I want to put my logic as to why I'm saying what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. One, the main reason, one of the biggest reasons why we have distressed credit and distressed uh, mortgages. Yeah. Uh, or any kind of distressed debt is, is basically because it's a mismatch between the capital strategy and what it's supposed to be used for and the capital terms. It's a mismatch because you really do have to match the strategy. In other words, you're not going to have someone who wants to live in the house for the next 20 years and put a hard money loan on it. Correct. Right. You use a hard, and you're not going to use conventional financing to do a fix and flip. So the capital terms have to actually match with the actual strategy and the use of the property. And, and it's in the mismatch and people not understanding these terms, they get themselves in trouble. And so when you present that, hey, you know, we want someone who wants a, 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 a fixed income payment because yeah. they're later on in years. Uh-huh. Our fund is not really matched up for that because we'll pay out more in lump sums and it goes in roller coasters where – you know, it's not going to be a steady stream. You, you know, we'll get lots of money in and then we'll just dry up for a little period and then we'll get a lot more money. Yeah, because there'll so, be some principal distributions. Yeah, and, and, so, okay. and so it's not really the right match just to get someone okay. who wants that fixed income. Okay, well, before we get to break, I, let me make it really kind of simple. What For, for the person who's trying to be ultra conservative, let's say, what, yeah. what kind of rate of return should they hope for on that side of the equation? With 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 what we're doing, yeah, um, between between four and seven percent gotcha. on an annual okay. basis. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, tell you what, we're going to our third trivia question here. Who was the first televised president? Who was the first televised president? Call 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer wins that tanning certificate. Don't touch that dial. The best of investing. We're right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. Now, back to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Edward Brown along with Rob Napolitano. Here's our third trivia question. Who was the first televised president? It was not George Washington, I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, I'll guess FDR. Yes. All right, good. All right, there you go. All right. and, and as I always say, uh, if you uh, get, you got one out of three, at least for sure we know, maybe maybe two out of three and one out of three gets you in the Hall of Fame in baseball, so that's not bad. Um, <laughs> so we uh, want to make a mention here also for the Gym Guys, which is uh, a company where the gym comes to you. You call 888-GYM, G-Y-M, and then guys with a Z, and give them a call. And uh, check them out because uh, rather than you going to the gym, the gym comes to you. Kind of a neat idea. 
All right. Uh, so, Rob Napolitano, we got uh, one more big segment here. It's uh, seven minutes long. Um, so you're 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 raising money and you're pretty much diversifying your this portfolio because you're you're buying discounted notes as well uh, on the discounted notes. Well, wh- how the ones that are performing and you're paying sixty five up to 65% of the value where the va- where the unpaid principal balance is somewhere in between the fair market value and the sure. amount that you're paying because you're buying at a discount. What what kind of current yields are you seeing? So we're not buying we're not buying the performing loans at that number at 65. When we're buying at 65, those are the non-performing, right? You're buying the hairy ones that have problems stuff and we're going through the modification process to get people back on yes. track. Okay. Like that. And so, so when you talk about that, you know, it's interesting because yield on a particular deal is not just interest rate. You're also getting it from a discount. And it also is going right. to depend on, it's also going to depend on how long of that turnaround is. And that's also going to depend upon which state is in because turning things around and, and, and doing workouts with people has a number of variables that go into it. So you got the time factor in there, how much of a discount plus what kind of interest rate you're going to get on there. And you yeah. blend all that together. Yeah. So it's hard to say for one, but in general, what we've been able to do is to perform at a tw- 10, I'm sorry, a 12 to 14% annualized basis for the last seven years. And as we said, except for COVID, you know, we took a dip in COVID. We got into the mid single digits, but then pops right back up after COVID with all the bottlenecks and all the backlog. Everything moving through the court systems, catching up. And the, um, the, the, by, for the audience, the fancy term is called accretion, which yes. is where the discounting gets accreted over time. And yeah, we've tried to explain right. that to people too, where it's like, look at, you know, if, if this performing loan performs exactly as it's supposed to for the next 15, 20 years, whatever's left on the, uh, on the loan maturity because you can't force someone to pay off early, you know, you're going to get, you know, a 9% return or whatever it is. But if they, yeah. you know, die or sell the house or whatever, or just come into money and pay you off, you know, you, it might be 12, 15, 18. I, we actually bought uh, for our Southwest fund, get this, we bought a, a, a performing loan at a yield of 116% annualized. For whatever reason, the seller, uh, and we were buying, uh, loans uh, that were uh, seller carryback loan, yeah, yeah. primarily in Texas. So this person owned a note, and uh, they were willing to to get less than, you know, they, they like ten months worth of, of payments. Uh, you know, it was just ridiculous. It's like really, I mean, it wasn't a lot of money. It was like you know less than ten grand, but <laughs> but still a hundred over hundred percent return. That's not bad. <laughs> you know, no, it's, it's out there, and I look at this as. I try to put this picture in my head and make it easier for people to understand. And I, I, I use the analogy of football because it's easy to measure the gridiron, right? And so let's say your team is, is, is moving downfield, moving downfield and moving down. Now, you remember this. Do you remember a gentleman named Refrigerator Perry? Of course. Of course. Everybody remembers the, sure. the fridge, right? Fridge, yeah. Why was he such a great utility player? Because when you got down yeah. on the goal line and you needed a hole made – yeah. Boom. The Perry comes in and he would just make that hole and score every time. Right. Yeah. And so our business is similar to that, too, where when we're all in investing in distressed assets, it's because people can get only so far 
And then you can pick up a $10,000 note at 116% yield. <laughs> just that's the last goal line piece, grab it at the end, take it into the end zone, score the points. Get over <laughs> I didn't think of it in terms of refrigerator Perry, but uh, yes. Yeah. But, it, but that's our business, right? People try to take it the distance and can't take it the distance. And then we step in your, your guys, our guys in this business. That's what we do. We step in in the end take it a distance and get all the accolades and get all the awards for doing so. Yeah. That's what Refrigerator Perry got into the Hall of Fame. Why? Because, boom, he would just create that hole. You know, it's funny. I still, re- I still remember. It's funny. That was one of the few times I actually went to Vegas to go watch the, the Super Bowl. And, uh, I, you know, it was it, to me, it was like shooting fish in a barrel. There was, like, no yeah. way that Steve Rogan for the uh, Patriots was going to – do anything for the 85 bears. And I remember placing a $500 bet, which was a lot for me back then. Right. And just, it's like, I don't care how many points I have to give to the Patriots. You know, the bears are just going to smoke them. And, uh, and while I'm doing the bet, I, I think I only had to give up like seven points. I asked the guy who was taking you know, the cashier. I said, I said, I'm just kind of curious. I said, what's the biggest bet you've seen so far? He goes, well, the guy just before you put $50,000 on the Patriots. And I go, Oh man, oh. is he going to be unhappy? And, and you want to hear something funny on that? Was there was um, that was the first time that they they had a situation where you, I mean you could bet on anything, and they they like literally you could bet on the coin flip. And what happened was that was the that was the year the guy flips the coin and the announcer goes you know on TV and it's heads and every and I, I hear a bunch of people because I'm watching for you know like there's a thousand people watching this game right in, in Vegas and people are yeah and you see a whole bunch of them leave to go collect and then the, the, they come back from break uh, you know and the, the, the announcer says you know I don't know why I said heads it was actually tails and then you hear a bunch of yeah and those people collected so then the so Vegas said from then on. Nobody collects anything until the end of the game when we know for sure because they Vegas. That's the one time Vegas lost. They lost on both sides of the equation. All right, stay with us. The best of invest. You'll be back with some closing comments. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to the best of investing with your host Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 8:60 a.m. The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my special guest, Rob Napolitano. Um, No trivia question this time, but Rob, what do you see as the biggest mistakes that investors are making that are preventing them from hitting their goals? We wow, that, that's, a, that's a loaded question. I can go down a couple of <laughs> paths. I'll, 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 tip on, I'll tiptoe on a couple of them, treetop on a couple of them, and I'll go deeper on one of them. I think as investors, yeah. one of the biggest things that hold us back is our own personal limited, limited beliefs and our own ceilings that we put for ourselves. Yeah. Uh, we don't think we're good at it. We don't know if we're good at deciding who we want to invest with, what we want to invest with. So limiting beliefs. Um, <laughs> I think another big mistake is a lot of investors put too much on the upside and not enough analysis on the downside risk. And they don't do enough risk analysis and risk mitigation analysis. Um, And so to that point, the easiest thing to say is I think too many people play offense and not enough defense. And you win in these games playing offense and defense simultaneously. Uh, they they say you make money like when you buy a property. They say you make it when you buy it because yes. you're buy it smart. 
And it's yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's and that's right. I like to look at things from the risk side. So I come from the banking yeah. side or the mortgage side, right? Remember yeah. when we did banking before all the subprime stuff happened? <laughs> I was taught that the answer is always no. Yeah. And the data will move me to a yes. Or if it doesn't, then we yeah. stay at no. Yeah, and and it's the same, same thing. thing. My accounting <laughs> background is the same thing. When, when someone says, hey, do you think I should invest in this? No. You know, no, hey, let's yeah, not look at everything and see if it gets to a yes. Exactly. And Rob, before we forget, uh, how do people get a hold of you if they want to check, check, check out Grit Partners? So the easiest way to get a hold of us on our team is, as we said last time, we're trying to push forward where people can, uh, um, as opportunities or windows of opportunities are closing and we want people to capture there tomorrow today. So we want to be brilliant at it. So they can email us at brilliant at capturing tomorrow.com. That's brilliant at capturing tomorrow.com. Once they start writing it in an email, they start manifesting it that they become brilliant at capturing their own tomorrow. So brilliant at capturing tomorrow.com is where they can reach us. I like that. And uh, like you said, you came from the banking. What, what made you shift from uh, your old profession of, of banking? Um, goes back all the way back to my my backstory about I was I had my own mortgage bank. I was doing $40 million a month in closings and stuff. Uh, got hit by the subprime crisis, wasn't prepared for it. Yeah. Lost all of it, came back from the other side and saw what the banks were doing to the people in foreclosure. And I said, I want to get back into the banking side, but instead of originating, I want to move up the food chain. I want to own the paper, control the paper, and be more of a decision maker on how these outcomes uh, work out. So that all fed into my experience um, into going into distressed markets, downturns, and really excelling in the downturn because I love the adversity. I love the... Uh, the, the ingenuity of it, the chess match of yeah. this, of this bit, well, strategy I, I, I of it. Love, I love the love fact it. that you didn't just say, well, this thing didn't work out, so I'm going to, you know, go go become an engineer. So, you know what I mean? It's just like, no, no, no. Because yeah, I've had good success in real estate and bad success, but I still realize that there's still something here. And, and I, I think you're the one who said, own nothing but, but control everything. At least in that last week, I, go, that, I really like that because it's so true how, it, you know, the bank really does control. Uh, and again, yeah. depending upon what states, I mean, there's certain states that we avoid because it's just too hard with foreclosure yeah. laws. Um, yeah. In fact, on our Southwest fund, we don't buy, I don't think we have any California ones. Uh, we, do have some, yeah. we do have New York, which is a hard state, but if yeah. there's enough equity in it, they, 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 it's always worth it. Rob Napolitano, stay with us. We're going to go to our thoughts for the day. Thank you very much again for being our guest. Uh, did you hear about the claustrophobic astronaut? He, he just needed some space. And, uh, and I started investing in stocks, beef, chicken, vegetable. I hope one day I'll be a bullionaire. I thought that was pretty good. I like that one. All right. Tune in next week to the best of investing. We're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. And of course, having more dad jokes. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown. We're wishing you the best of investing. So long. You've been listening to the best of investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190 or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for the best of investing on 860 AM. The Answer. 
This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which we believe are reliable, but we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of this information. Nothing in this broadcast should be interpreted to state or imply that past results are an indication of future performance. There are no warranties expressed or implied as to accuracy, completeness, or results obtained from this broadcast. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.